0: Hi, welcome to another inspirational message recorded live at Oceans Unite Christian Center. Hallelujah. Let's give you one more shout of praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Be very blessed tonight in this place, amen? I just want to, uh, let me get ready one second. I don't know how Pastor Alex do it so fast. <laughs> here we go. I just want to, uh, Pastor Alex, um, ask me to take uh, the service tonight, bring the sermon to you guys, and it's honor for me and the privilege to be the one standing here tonight and be an instrument of God to share the word of God with you. Amen. <laughs> Before we start, I want to say something. Uh, if you are here in our, in our church, you're a new member to our church, let's say since the beginning of the year until now, I want to bring something to your attention. Last year, our church, uh, we call the year the year of soul. Amen? Amen? If you are here this new year, I want you to know that we were praying for you. <laughs> we were praying for you. And I give thanks to God because guess what? I'm seeing so many new faces. I'm seeing so many new faces God is bringing to our house. And let me tell you, it's not about the body count, but it's about how many souls we are bringing to the king of (laughs) kings. Amen. I just want to say, you know, if you see somebody that's new in our ministry, you share the love. Tell them that you love them. You know, our, our main goal is to demonstrate his love and power. Amen. I also want to say, Pastor Mike, I had a chair like you, we didn't even talk about it, but I want to, I want to say something in reference to the Men's Conference. Uh, this is the first generation since World War II, I'm sorry, that the men's are in the house, but they actually they are not there. What it means with this, in World War II, there were so many males that went to the war. For that reason, the women stay at the home and they have to take care of the house. They have to take care of the kids. And since then, it's been a decreasing on the responsibilities that men think they have to do around the house. For that reason, the men don't think that the things of the home need to be shared with his wife. The men don't think that he has to be the one that has to come to the front and worship God. All those things, we think it's about the women, but it's not reality. Today's days, our men prefer be playing video games and doing all the things instead of the things that God asks you to do. And I think that this conference is gonna bring us back to the real men that God desired for us to be. You know, one of the things I see, Amen. One of the things I see when I was looking at the, our invitation online is that the most people that have problems with the real men conference are the men. That's telling me. That they are the men that have to be here in the name of Jesus. We want to change life for Jesus. You know, when we, when we talk about men, we think about what is the stereotype that the world thinks that the men should be. The right question should be, what God want me? What kind of man God want me to be? Amen. So with that being said, if you haven't signed for the conference, I want to encourage you to sign up. We start this Thursday, so the time is short, but we want you here. I also want to encourage you, invite any other uh, men that you know of to this conference. I think it's going to be life changing. Our pastor is going to be here, and we have a special guest that is going to deliver a powerful word. Amen? Amen. And with that, I think you guys already saw the title of the sermon. Amen. I remember a few weeks ago, Pastor Alex uh, told us that it's going to be a generation that gonna usher the coming of the Lord. I want to be part of that generation. Can you say amen? Amen. And I have titled my, my sermon tonight, Responding to a Generation in Need of Revival. I think that we are overdue for a revival. Not only in our personal life, but in our homes and in our nation. We need a move of God today more than ever in our nation. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen, can you say amen? Let me tell you something. The faith don't deny the things that are happening. The faith changes the things that are happening in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you didn't understand what I was telling you. Okay? This faith, just because we have faith, we don't have to deny the things that we are seeing every day in the world. But because our faith in God we can, through prayer, change what is happening in our nation. (laughs) Amen? And I want to talk to you today about what was happening in the land of Israel in the days of Ezekiel. It was very, very similar to what we're dealing with today. Israel was going through the hard time. Ezekiel was part of the second wave that God taken prisoner by the Babylonians he was known as the Sentinel of Israel the one that prayed to God the Sentinel of Israel and during that time it seems like God I was it was moved away from Israel why the sin of israel came to god the priests weren't doing uh, too much the job that they were calling to do israel was worshiping idols from other nations and there was a price to pay today's day we see similar things everybody's doing their own thing seems to be and and people are questioning even god in today's day but we need a revival amen what is a revival many when we talk about revival if we are the you know like a young candle person like me <laughs> when we think about revival we think about the tents the light the praise and the worship and the multitude but revivals know that you can have revival when you pray in your praying closet you can have revival driving your vehicle and your way to work you can have revival anywhere. We can have revival, yes, in this place, but revival is much more than that. Revival refers to the spiritual reawakening from the state of dormancy and stagnation in the life of the believer. It encompasses this resurface of love for God and appreciation of God's holiness. But I'm more than that. Revival is the restoration of God's presence to His people. Amen. Revival is the restoration of God's presence to His people. From the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, we can see the desire of God to get close to the man, to His creation, and every time do the scene that is imprinted in our DNA, we fell over and over to him, we can't see an event of God trying to reach out to us once and once and once more. Every single time that we fell, every time he has a plan for us. If you go to, the, uh, to uh, the book, actually before that, I just want to mention something. In, refer, in reference to his presence. In Exodus chapter 33, uh, we don't want to read it right here, but I want to mention it to you. Exodus chapter 23, we can see when God was upset with the behavior of the people of Israel, he told Moses, you go. You go, but I won't go with you. My presence won't, won't go with you. But without the presence of God, without the presence of God, we are like a dead tree that have no leaf. It's just standing there. We need the presence of God in our life. Today, more than ever, there is nothing, nothing that we can accomplish. And let me tell you something. If you think that you are successful in your job because your own thing, if you think that you're successful in your marriage life, just because you are doing it, you are wrong. It was never about you. It was always about His glory. Everything that we do is for His glory and His honor. We are only the instrument. Can you say Amen the book of judge 21 25 and this way in those days there was no king in Israel every did everyone did what was right in their own eyes in those days there were no king in Israel everyone did what was right in their own eyes since like we are living those days once again amen there's no way to deny it. There is even, and, and I was surprised by this, but there's even companies that for many years I've been doing versions of the Bible that discussing change, change words in the Bibles because they are too offensive to the new generation. Like the word slave, it's too, it's too offensive. We have to call them word servant. But the Bible is being written for so many years. Now we have to change the word of God to please the man. We should not change our heart to please our God. It should be the opposite way. We need a generation. This generation is in need of revival. Revival is also is bring back what was dead back to life. And let me tell you something. There is only one. That can do that there's only one that can do that when this is revival when his presence is all around listen it's not only for one minute it's not only for one service it's 24 7 365 days of the year the presence of God living in my life father in the name of Jesus I, I the joy of my life is my strength just because you are with me oh father that's the revival that I want but if we come here to church used to get emotional let me tell you this is not about emotion we don't come here for a performance we come here for hope we we don't come here for a show we come here to give the best to our King of King of Lord of Lord there is, there is a generation in need of revival. And my question is, what you and I going to do about that? We're going to sit on the sidelines once again and see how many 10 more years happen and more life are getting lost to the, to the enemy? Or are we going to do something? I believe that here in Moses United, there's a generation that's going to stand in prayer for our city, for our marriage, for our son and daughters, In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. There is no way that can go without you, Father. There is nothing that can do without you. So, in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry, I get excited because, you know, when the fire, when the fuego is in you, you can't contain it. Let's go to Ezekiel 37, verse 1. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. And he says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and was full of bones. Verse 2. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. I want to go back for a second and in the scripture it's talking about how God taught Ezekiel in the spirit to show him this vision of the valley that was full of dry bones. In the Hebrew, around is translated as Zavi, Zavi, which means around and around. That means that God don't only show him the valley one time, but more than once. And now I want you to picture for a second a valley full of full bones. Let me say this. And an adult person like you and I have 206 bones in his body most of the time. Sometimes there's some anatomic uh, changes in there, but let's say 206 bones in your body. In this sanctuary, we have approximately about 700 seats. We can make place for 700. That's 144,000 bones. I want you to picture 144,000 bones all spread about this place right here. That's not a pretty picture. And now imagine a valley full of bones. The Bible said they were dry. No, they were really, really dry. And sometimes in our life we are walking dead inside but smiling on everybody. Man's Full of themselves and empty of God. And I'm not speaking to me, but I'm speaking to somebody right now. Because God wants to bring freedom and liberty to somebody here tonight. <laughs> I believe that God is healing somebody out of depression right now. That's been healing with, dealing with some heavy depression for the last three months. God is going to heal them tonight. God is the God of salvation. God is the God of healing. In the name of Jesus, the word is for you. Receive it. Because God is gonna change you, crying joy. It's gonna change you, crying joy. In the name of Jesus, He's bringing peace. It's bringing His shalom tonight. In the name of Jesus. And behold, there were many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very, very dry. I want to tell you for a bone. I know the Pastor like we like this because he, he loves biology. For a bone to be very, very dry, had to meet center conditions. had to be serial humidity, had to be very dry. You know There is nothing, nothing that can inter, inter, intervene between the, the degradation of that organ and the, the ambient, the air. no humidity, no vapor, no water. Those bones were very, very dry. In the spirit of talking, you know, sometimes we start walking and we're trying to, to perfect ourselves, forgetting that it's God, the, the giver of all, and we want to keep trying in our own strength, failing and failing once more. And now Ezekiel is in front of the body that is full of dry bones. But here comes the word of the God, the Lord. And he's saying, Verse 3 And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? I laugh so much about the answer for some reason. It reminds me of my answers. So I answer, oh Lord, you know. I would say some people say yes, some people say no. (laughs) But you know the truth, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you something sometimes we think that the dry places are places of punishment i remember uh evangelist brian was preaching last week about egypt and when god delivered israel out of egypt where they went to a dry place and they thought there was punishment god was dealing with them do you know how that's called it's called process because you know what they left egypt And they were praising God and they said we left Egypt but guess what let me carry Egypt with me I'm leaving Egypt but I'm gonna bring it with me so God talking in the desert let's see what the book of Deuteronomy say Deuteronomy a 2 and 3 it's God talking to his people and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart. It was me or it was you thinking about the nice food in Egypt. To test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or no. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and feed you with manna which you didn't know. Not did your parents know, knew, that He might make you know that the man shall not live by bread alone, but man live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. But man live for every from every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Are we about to see the power of the Word of God? Are we about to see His power? God is asking Ezekiel, can this bone live? So I answer, going back to Ezekiel 3, 3. So I answer, oh Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. I say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. do say the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause bread to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, Father. Oh. You know, it's interesting because the word breath here is translated Ruah. You know why was that? That's the same Ruah when Adam was created and it was a perfect creation, the Bible said. And it said that God breathed unto Adam's nostrils the Ruah, the Spirit of God. We, without the Spirit of God, we are empty vessels. Is that the reason why Jesus said, I won't leave you alone? I will send you somebody that will help you in your hard times. I will send you somebody that is going to be your counselor. It's going to be your friend. And even today, we sometimes deny the presence and the dues of the Holy Spirit in this church. We need more than him. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our life in the name of Jesus. He's the one that get me in agreement with what God wants to tell me. My spirit always wants to do the wrong thing. That's because the apostle say the things I want to do, those things I don't. The things I don't want to do, those things I do. But I guess, Father, when you give me my Holy Spirit, Father, even when I feel bad, Father, I come, Father, and I pray, Father, and your Holy Spirit, even when I don't have the words, Father, I pray, Father, I pray on the Spirit, Father, and your Spirit, Father, I agree with your Spirit, father in the name of Jesus oh hallelujah there is a generation in need of a revival it's, that's gonna be you verse 7 so I prophesy as I was commanded you have to understand when the God tell you to do something you do it you have to do it don't be like Jonas God told him, go to Nineveh. I said, okay, God, go the opposite direction. Guess what happened? There was a fish. Go back to Nineveh. God always will win. Okay? He gives you a choice. And the consequences are our consequences. But his word can change. Amen? Verse number eight. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath on them. They were like empty vessels. They were like mannequins. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. He keeps reminding Ezekiel, he's a humanity. He's humanity. We are his creation, He's in control. Prophesy, son of man, and I say to the breath, Thus say the Lord God, come from the four winds of breath and breathe in this slain that they may live. So I prophesy as He commanded me, and bread came unto them, and they lived and stood in their feet, a like seedling great army. God is looking for an army. That is looking for an army that is not afraid to deal with the world. That's looking for an army, and I'm not talking about the, the anybody here is part of the army. It's the, the, risk, the question is, are you willing to be part of the army of the God? It's there. It's We are really ready to fight a battle in the name of Jesus. And today, more than ever, the Bible said that our battle is not against the man. It's not against flesh. But I see in the spirit. How many times are we going to have to keep praying? I don't know how many, but we will keep praying until God says so. Until we save them all. There is about 20,000 people in this city. Well, guess what? I'm going to keep praying because there is still empty seats in our church. Just keep bringing the Father. Every soul, we have to be saved in the name of Jesus, Father. Oh, we declare healing, Father. We declare liberation, Father. Chains are broken, Father, in the name of Jesus. Tonight, Father. We have to understand that in our own strength, we can do anything. In our own strength, we can do anything. And I, I want to I bring an illustration that I hope you, you understand the, the purpose of. If it's anybody here that being in the military or serving the medical field, you, you, you will know what I'm talking about. But I want to bring it to your attention in the form that I can go get to my point. In the medical field, there is something that we call hypovolemic shock or hemorrhagic shock. And it's caused by a a rapid loss of fluids, blood, out of your body. But there is something that happened. Most of the time, happening in the combat, uh, the firefighter combat, saying accidents or very traumatic injuries, when uh, you have to rapidly take care of that person, or within minutes, that person will die due to the loss of blood. But there is something that happened in the body when you are in shock, epidemic shock. And is that, contrary to what many people think, the heart don't slow down. Instead, do the opposite. Start beating faster and faster, trying to keep up the flow of oxygen to your body. You think I'm doing the right thing. At the same time, all your limbs and members start receiving less blood because the heart is trying to uh, send the blood to your brain, trying to keep your brain working. Meanwhile, your organs little by little are shutting down. That's only because you keep losing blood and the heart eventually, because there's no blood flow, starts slowing down, slowing down again. My point is, specifically tonight, in reference to this example, as the bodies keep trying to do the things, but without an intervention from a professional medical or from somebody to stop that bleeding, nothing is going to change. The person is going to die. The heart, no matter how hard he works, he's going to stop bleeding. Are you with me so far? Sometimes we are doing the same thing. We are dealing with problems and issues in our life. And instead of bringing them to the Lord or to come to the brother pray for me, we start shutting down. And we start being selfish, person only, all oh, me, only me, Lord. And I don't want to get hurt, that's the reason why I don't get approached to that person. And like the heart, it starts taking the blood out of the limbs and it starts to use uh, giving priority to me, myself. Eventually, spiritually, you're gonna die because you are pushing out God's presence in your life. So... I want to bring you the example tonight so you understand. We are all dependent on him. Without him, there is nothing that we can obtain, nothing that we can accomplish. Verse 14 of Ezekiel, it says this. I will put my spirit in you. And you shall live. And I will place you in your own land then they should know that I the Lord have spoken and perform it says the Lord nobody else is gonna get the glory nobody else is gonna get the glory by him that's because when he seems more impossible the most impossible it seems for the man the, 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 the more glory God will receive you know this is I'm talking about a vision of a body full of bones this is not even Lazarus. There was four days. There's still a little maybe a little hope. Maybe, you know, four days, maybe. But a bones, a bones tend more than 10 years to deteriorate to dust. Sometimes even hundreds of years, depends on the conditions. So for somebody to say, you know what, I don't know about this one, God. You can be the smart guy and say, yes, my faith. Yes, Lord, you're going to do it. As long as your faith is aligned with God's will. Don't be smart with God. <laughs> he knows everything, you know. Or you can not say no. But Ezekiel, he say, God, you know. Are you ready to be that person? that break, that curse in your family that have been coming for generations? Are you ready to be that spark that's going to start the fire that nobody can turn down? Are you ready to be that person that says, no more, no more from this day, Father. I want to be in your will, Father. I want to do what you ask me to do, Father. I want to praise you, Father. I won't be ashamed, Father, to come, Father, and worship you, Father. I want to do, Father, what you want me to do, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father. My sermon wasn't a long sermon, but I want to finish with this. Around the 1940s, there was this professor, whose name was Professor Orr. don't remember his first name, but his last name was Orr. And he took a group of his students to, uh, let's say, a field trip. Uh, he was a theology professor, and he decided to take his students around theological landmarks and show them how through the years God has been influenced those kind of landmarks one of the stops what was stops at the house of John Wesley John Wesley is one of the greatest men that has been uh, revival in his times and also reformed to the uh, Christianity as we know it today and as they were in the house they went to the bedroom And one of the sides of the bedroom, there was the carpet. And in the carpet, they could see two marks next to the bed. Marks that were consistent with somebody in his knees and praying. And he was so indented on the carpet that you can tell that that person has been praying for no days, no months, but for almost his whole life. Praying in that place. The field trip was over, and the students went back to the bus. It was then when Professor Orr realized that there was one of his students were, was missing. So he go back in the house, and he started shaking around the house until he got to the bedroom. And when he got to the bedroom, he see one of that boy that was missing in his knees. Right with his knees where the indentation on the carpet was. He was praying. He was praying, saying, do it. Once again, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. The professor came and tapped the child, the, the young boy, on his shoulder, and told him, "Everybody's in the bus. We gotta go." Billy Graham stood up and left with them. And guess what? For 60 years God did it again. <laughs> that man of God has led one of the greatest revivals in our nation. I over two billion people I think that I've come to the Lord because God used that man of God. And I'm telling you tonight, if God did it one time, that God will do it again. God will do it again in our city. God will do it again in your house. God is going to do it in your marriage. God is doing it with your kids, with your child, with your mother, with your father. God is going to do it again in this city. Oh, Father, bring a revival, Lord. We are ready, Father. Let it know, shut down, Father. Let it break every shame, Father. Let us bring salvation to the ones that that are lost without you, Father. Oh, you are the king of kings, Father. You do it again, Father. Let us be, as Pastor Alex said, let us usher. Let us be the generation that usher the coming of the Lord, Father. We have been praying for so long, Father. We are not giving up, Father. Revival. We want revival. We want compromise. We don't want anything else. But we want your presence in our life every day, Father. Healing, Father. We want the healings. We want testimonies, Father, that become the normal, Father. We want the sanity. Healing, Father, people from sickness and diseases, Father. To be the new normal, Father. We want to worship you, Father. In the front of the stage, Father. To be the new normal, Father. We want to come to this house, Father. And don't look at the clock, Father. In in two and three hours past, Father. Be the new normal, Father. Because, Father, we know, Father. We know, Father, that you deserve all that. Oh, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.